Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Valiant Pharmaceuticals International is up 1.7% right now. Its chief executive, Mike Pearson, will step down following a series of missteps and criticism at the drug maker that culminated in a 61% drop in the company's shares last week. Stocks, meanwhile, little change. They are near the highest levels this year amid deal activity, while investors assess a rally that turned equities positive for the year. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The S&P 500, again, little change. At 2049, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down a point to 17,600. And the NASDAQ is up to tenths percent or nine points to 4805. Ten-year Treasury is down 1330 seconds. The yield 1.92 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.85 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.2 percent or 46 cents to 39.90 a barrel. COMEX gold down seven tenths percent or eight dollars fifty cents to 12.4580 an ounce. The euro a dollar 12.67 and the yen is at 111.82. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Interactive Brokers. They offer direct market access to stocks, to options, to futures, Forex bonds, and ETFs in over 100 market centers in 24 countries from a single account. Visit ibkr.com slash trade worldwide. ibkr.com slash trade Worldwide, We'll get to Valiant in a minute here. We've got a good guest on that uh, coming up. But right now, three quick questions. John Butler joining us from Bloomberg Intelligence as we look at Apple. I am dismayed, John Butler, at the idea of unit focus and product focus by the media and even to an extent the street. To me, Apple's always been about profitability. This new phone they're coming out with, isn't it all like older stuff? where it's immediately profitable to the company? It is, Tom. I mean, that's a great point. Today's uh, introduction of the iPhone SE uh, is really Apple's first attempt, in my view, at a product line extension of the iPhone. So they're taking the latest specs from the iPhone 6 and the 6S Plus, and they are porting it to the older chassis, the iPhone 5. And so what it... The appeal of that is I think a lot of people, an estimated 60% of the installed base, are hanging on to phones that are because iPhone they don't want to 5 spend the new money or older. I think they want a smaller form factor, and I think a smaller form factor, a 5S with updated specs, is going to be a winner. That's this, my sense. This is the first time they've done sort of this filling in of a hole in their product line as opposed to launching something completely new. Yeah, but think about it, Mike. In the past, what Apple would always do at lower price points is they would offer – Sell the old one. They would sell the old one. So people didn't have an opportunity to have a smaller form factor phone. And believe me, there's demand out there for that. They didn't have a chance to buy that phone with updated specs. And so even though we're not getting a brand new camera in terms of new technology – or a brand new Siri or operating system, it's going to be on par okay, with the latest technology it, on the market. Is this thing a Samsung killer in seven eighths of the world that can't afford six, eight, nine hundred dollars for the new Whizbang product Michael McKee's buying for his family over in Fifth Avenue? <laughs> I but, won't go to the Fifth Avenue store. I'll go to the West Side. I'll that. make no <laughs> comment on Fifth that. Av- too crowded. <laughs> but is it a Samsung killer? 
Well, you know, it brings them into a part of the market really where they've never been before, which is that mid – I don't know the price yet, but I imagine it's going to be a mid-priced phone. Samsung plays at the high end, the mid-range, and the low end. And so this will expand Apple's reach from the premium-only segment – Hopefully down more into the mid-range with an updated device. Okay. John, we got to leave it there. The news okay. flow this morning is extraordinary. Thank you for the too brief a visit. We'll get you back uh, when McKee has to buy his 47.6 plus <laughs> right now. Um, th- there's any number of people working on um, Valiant this morning for us. Zach Tracer is is with Bloomberg News, and he joins us uh, now. We're only having him on because Duke is doing pretty well in the brackets and uh, – we figure Zach is uh, looking forward to the Duke-Oregon game. Zachary, good morning. Good morning, Tom. What is the distinctive feature that you, Cynthia Coons, and others are looking for right now? What's the information you need from Valiant? You know, we're just trying to understand, you know, what is, is really going on here. We saw, you know, Valiant say, you know, the chief financial officer, um, you know, basically being asked, the former chief financial officer being asked to resign, um, the CEO uh, leaving as well as soon as the successor is named, um, you know, uh, material weaknesses in internal controls. There's just a lot of trouble for Valiant this morning in trying to understand, um, you know, what it means for investors. Do we know when we might find out more? Uh, you know, we're we're obviously working on it uh, over here. Um, you know, the company has said, you know, they've asked for um, additional time to file their, uh, you know, their annual report. Um, so it could be, you know, a few more weeks at least. Okay, Zach, thank you so much. And tell thank you to Cynthia Coons for helping us out earlier. Uh, Mike, bring in our next guest. Uh, Jerome Haas is a portfolio manager at Lightwater Partners, and they took a short position on Valiant when it was the third largest company on the Toronto Stock Exchange back in July of 2015, uh, saying they saw a number of red flags. Mr. Haas joins us now. Uh, what did you, it, it, let me put it this way. What we're seeing now from Valiant, is that what you saw in 2015? Well, the first thing that we saw was we were very concerned about their debt levels. So when they completed the Salix acquisition in the spring and early summer, their debt to EBITDA ratio was at six times. So on the numbers that we look at, uh, the last quarter that came out, that number's actually risen to about 6.8 times. So they haven't addressed the debt issue, something that they're clearly going to have to address going forward. But the other is that we just generally hate serial acquirers, and Valiant was a poster boy for serial acquirers. And so um, our view is let's uh, let's see what they've actually got um, without making yeah. acquisitions. Their goodwill bad will their other intangible assets is a large number how do you translate the quality of a big hunk of their balance sheet at this moment uh well that's a very difficult proposition and this Agreed. is why we d- we don't like serial acquirers because you can hide so much with the accounting you really have to take a lot on face value initially from the management but eventually it, and it takes a couple quarters yeah. for that to come out you can actually get a look under the hood and see what they've really got there yeah mike uh the goodwill and in, within intangibles and in this case let's call it collegially bad will has gone from 1.3 billion to a published 21 billion let me that that's i believe i've never seen this 1.4 billion to 20 Point six billion dollars in five years. What will you? Can you stay short this security at this time? 
Well, we've actually gone to the sidelines. I mean, when the stock drops um, 50% in a day, yeah. you're a short seller. It's time to move to the Which sidelines. champagne did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's one of our, one of our uh, short holdings, so it's not a huge position for us. But um, at this point, or at that point, it wasn't. But that's a, that's a downside of when a, a short works very well for you. It becomes less and less as a percentage of your portfolio. But, you know, it it's nice to see um, things coming through. When you're sh- when you're um, a hedge fund, you know, when you're shorting a stock, you have to get two things right. One is the thesis right, the other is the timing right. And we were fortunate that uh, eventually it came through in terms mm-hmm. of Valiant. This is a stock that has been up and down uh, based on news flow ever since the first reports of trouble there. It's up 12% right now. Is that an error uh, by investors? Can this stock reclaim its uh, its value? Well, I'm, I'm not really going to comment on that because, um, I, well, I don't think it hits 350 anytime soon in no. terms of Canadian dollars. Um, but I, I think the stock became an overcrowded trade on the short side uh, after it hit 50% on the way down. And so for us, we don't like to participate in crowded trades or at least be on the same side of them. And so for us, we right. view it as a time to be on the sidelines. And uh, I think a lot right. of investors, we, we'd actually ask ourselves after five heavy days of selling, at some point, right. uh, does this become a buy? And there's probably other short sellers out there thinking the same thing. Jer- Jerome, you've got a shingle from the London School of Economics, but far more important than that, you darken the door of one of the best economics programs in the world, the University of Western Ontario. <laughs> Folks, I can't say enough about their statistics uh, work as well. You've got the credit. If you had a cup of coffee now with board member William Ackman, what would you advise him? Uh, you know what? I, I, we don't really get into the micromanagement uh, at this level, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, we have a lot of respect for Bill Ackman. He's a very smart guy. He's got a very great track record. Um, if I was a valiant shareholder, um, I would view it as a very positive step that he's becoming yeah. actively involved in it. So, uh, but we don't we don't even get involved in the yeah. macro, micromanagement of our company. Well, congratulations on your belief of uh, many quarters ago, and we hope we can speak to you again. Jerome Haas uh, is uh, with uh, the good guys at Lightwater Partners as well. Michael McKee, he was like way out front. Is that? Accurate? Yes. Uh, you know, the folks at Citroen Research, Andrew Left was the first to publish uh, the Valiant concerns. And, of course, they called him all kinds of names. Oh, yeah. At Valiant. Well, that's, and, that's part uh, of the act. He turned out to be right. And the, the folks at Lightwater also I, got in early on the uh, short side. I, haven't they been retained to help the Toronto Maple Leafs? Somebody is. Well, no, we're not even going there. Uh, okay. Jerome Haas, wonderful to speak to him uh, on this day. There'll be much more on Bloomberg Radio to brief you uh, on Global Wall Street about Valiant. A lot of other news uh, is, well, uh, green on the screen, up seven. Uh, uh, the VIX, 14.30. This is Bloomberg Surveillance.